for you guys. Okay. I think this is going to be uh, I really, did the really toothpaste good. thing as a, as, a, as a gift to Murphy, so when Danny's telling his story, his breath smells better than last time because I saw you wincing. <laughs> and it didn't work. Oh. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I go? Go ahead. <laughs> Calling this night dark and stormy would have been an insult to both words. It was pitch black. <laughs> it felt like standing under a faucet full blast. <laughs> wow. Billy Bob McDiedrich <laughs> what? looked out the window. Did you have an AI generate that name or something? Billy <laughs> Bob McDiedrich. Billy Bob McDiedrich looked out the window and thought to himself, no one's showing up tonight. Billy Bob McDiedrich was a folk singer about to hit the road for the very first time. He was uh, uh, a one-man show, just him and an acoustic guitar, and he made a commitment to start touring all over the country, quit his job quit his nine to five that just left him in a fucking rut and he thought you know what the only way that this that i'm gonna feel liberated is if i hit the road and give the people music from my soul and as he looked out that window he realized there wasn't gonna be a soul in the audience um venue owner said uh hey billy bob it's it's great to have you here tonight. Uh, I think we're in for a pretty good show. Billy Bob said, it's pouring rain outside. There's about four people in here. I don't think it's going to be a very good show. And he goes, well, you never know. Back in the day, Willie Nelson used to play this place. And he said, and Billy Bob said, Willie Nelson played this place? And the venue owner goes, yeah. No, yeah, he did. That gave Billy Bob a sort of jolt, right? He was very excited about this. Following so far, quick question. Yeah. What time of day is this? The 9 p.m. Okay. It oh. wasn't super clear if it was like Daytime. early morning. I can also it's a dark and stormy night. It's pitch black. Oh, that was my next question is what's the forecast looking yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go you, ahead. I just, I, you should be clear about kind of setting up. Oh, wait. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Call. Here we go. Calling this night dark and stormy. <sighs> Would have been an insult to, but no. I was hoping. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Do you have a note that just says that in it? Yeah. I got the rest of it. This here. is the story equivalent of SpongeBob just writing the big the. The uh. at the beginning of the homework. You really put everything you had into that. All right, no, I'm on board. Let's go, Willie Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> he gets a jolt of excitement, realizing that one of his heroes played at this venue back in the day, and he realizes, you know what, maybe. I can have a great show for these four people. And as soon as he hits the stage, the venue owner goes, actually, no, Willie Nelson never played here. It was his brother. He was kind of a dick. And then <laughs> like, you want me to turn off the lights? And he goes, yeah, sure. Turns off the lights. He stands up there. And everyone is sort of like just looking at him, not very interested. The drinks are lukewarm. And uh, he sort of tunes his guitar, and he's like, uh, Hey, how's, how's everybody doing tonight? No one responds. Billy Bob says, well, I've got a song I want to play for you guys uh, if, you're, if you're interested in hearing it. Again, not a single person responds. They're bored to tears already. Gets up to the mic, to picks up his guitar, and sings this very song. You can't hide your apple pies And your smile's a thin disguise Thought by now you'd realize There ain't no way to hide your apple pies 
crowd goes wild. Suddenly there's 30 more people there and everyone's losing their shit. And he plays a song over and over again. It's a big hit. The entire show is goes fantastic. The venue uh, owner comes up to him and he goes, hey, man, that was an incredible show. Thank you for that. Uh, and he's like, no problem. Thank you. And um, everyone um, sort of gets in their car, leaves, and um, there's an inn upstairs. And a couple people uh, staying at the inn, including Billy Bob himself. Billy Bob goes to sleep. In his sleep, he hears, or awaking from his sleep, he hears a scream, a loud scream from a room down the hall. What'd that sound like? Ah! He, he jolts up, gets out of the room, runs down the hallway, tries to see what's going on. There's a group of people surrounding there. He sees the venue owner, uh, also the innkeeper. <laughs> it's an inn in a venue. <laughs> what's it you called? Got that? <laughs> it's called... <laughs> it's called... Sweetie Dave's. <laughs> Dave's. The no, it's not. What's it really called, dude? Come on. <laughs> Enough joking. Sweetie Dave's has been around for many, many years. Some say that Willie Nelson's brother stayed there once. I heard he was, he was kind, kind of a, a dick. He's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Billy Nelson? Billy Bob Nelson? So, Billy Bob walks up to the um, the owner of the place and he says, what, what happened? The owner goes, oh my God, something horrible has happened. One of our guests has died. Wait, you're, so she screamed and then he walks downstairs? Someone else screamed. It wasn't the person that screamed. Yeah, yeah, but she screamed and then he already knows she's dead and he's just not... There's a bunch of people there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. There's a bunch of people there and he looks and there's a woman just lying on the bed. A woman that he noticed from the front row of the show. And he looks, sees her. She's completely dead. <laughs> She's so fucking dead. All right. And dripping from her ear. It's gelatinous. There's something coming from her oh. ear, and no one really knows what it is. And Sweetie Dave, the venue owner, he goes up to him and he's like, What? It's on his finger, licks it, and he goes, it's Apple pie. Apple pie. I thought it was going to be toothpaste. I knew it was going to be apple pie. <laughs> this is apple pie. And uh, everyone's kind of in shock. No one really knows um, uh, what to think of it. Someone says, didn't you have a song about apple pies last night? Sweetie Dave's like, guys, guys, let's not start pointing fingers, all right? Something horrible has happened. Let's all go back. Um, let's, let's call someone. Let's figure this out. A couple days go by. They have Billy Bob do another show. It's a hit. Everyone loses their fucking minds. It's fantastic. Plays apple pies. Would you like to hear it again? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, and yeah. then I'd like to download it. You can't hide your apple pies and your smiles a thin disguise. Thought by now you realize there ain't no way to hide your apple pies. Crowd goes fucking nuts. Yeah, baby. It's insane, even better than the first one. Everyone that night goes back to their houses or goes back to their rooms upstairs. <laughs> and Billy sure, Bob, fast happens. asleep. Another scream <laughs> down the hall. Wait, what does the scream sound like? This one, higher pitched than the previous. Ah! Everyone runs, tries to see what's going on. It's another woman. So goddamn dead in her bed. Something dripping from her ear. The same substance as earlier. So it's apple pie. It's apple pie. Billy Bob starts piecing together. There's something with this song. And there's something with these deaths that are connecting everything here. And, and Sweetie Dave calls him into his office and he says, Billy Bob, I... 
I think we're both coming to the same conclusion here. And Billy Bob says, I, I know. I, I think I know what's going on. Sweetie Dave says, your song is killing my fucking patrons. And Billy Bob's like, that's, that's what I feared the most. And Dave's like, so, you know, what, what are you going to do? Billy Bob's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And Billy Bob goes back to his room and thinks about it for a long, long while. And he says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm playing this shit again tonight. And that's exactly what he does. You got to give the people what they want. Yeah. Plays the song. 99 Happy, One Dead. Apple so Pie. Apple <laughs> Pie. All right, guys. I'll play it. I'll, you know what? And I'll sing it one more time. I hope you do the bridge. You can time. hide your <laughs> apple pies and your smiles a thin disguise. Thought by now you realize there ain't no way to hide your apple pies. Bed, home, everyone, scream. Next morning, Sweetie Dave is fucking dead. The venue owner has died. Oh, Sweetie Dave. I didn't like him that much. He kind of sucked, but Billy Bob feels... Immense guilt. Goes to his room and hangs himself. No! Oh. A few years later, a family is driving down the road in a pickup truck on a bright, bright, sunny day. They're going on a road trip. The kid says, Dad! Dad, turn on the radio! Turns on the radio. <clears throat> goes, oh, oh, this is a good one. You can hide your apple pies and your smiles in disguise. Thought by now you realize there ain't no way to hide your apple pies. Dad crashes the car, kills his whole family. End of story. All right. <laughs> you really got a sticker. That's a slow burn in the truest sense of the word. I was really digging that song. I was I was ready for verse two. I gotta tell you, we talked a lot of shit. That was so funny. I was waiting for oh dude. Oh man, that is so good. <laughs> he dude. Like, you capitalized on the most like primitive thing in our heads. It's just like we love a song. Yeah. You sing a song three times, we're gonna sing it too. Yeah. God, you gotta stick so around funny. for the ending of that one. That so okay. <clears throat> Daniela Goodwin and Andrew Marie Murphy sit okay. down at okay. their favorite dive bar. Oh. That sounds pretty fun. Mm. Hey, two Lone Stars, please, Andrew Marie Murphy says to the waiter. Yeah, sure. The waiter returns shortly with two gooey green bottles with a bright purple label. Gooey? Like there's goo on them? No, just like, like honestly, like this kind of green is like a gooey green. Oh, okay. Green. They're not oh. actually covered in some they're kind of... They're not gooey. No, they just are like... Mysterious ooze. Like I think of like... When you think of like a green ooze, yeah. that's what color. Okay. Okay. That was Slimer. not clear at all from the way you said it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> the waiter returned shortly with two gooey green bottles with a bright purple label that says, Freaks Who Stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even clever. <laughs> You're not even trying Freaks anymore. Who stink. You're not even trying. <laughs> Wait, this isn't Lone Star, said Murphy. <laughs> But the waiter was gone. Freaks who stink night. Uh, they so, uh, I get it now. Instead right. of geeks who drink. I get it. Instead I'm, of geeks who I'm drink, it's, freak, that. it's freaks who stink. It's good. It's good. That's it's real good. good. All right. Freaks who stink. Wait, this isn't Lone Star, said Murphy. But the waiter was gone. They shrugged. Hey, it's five o'clock somewhere, says Danny Goodwin. I mean, Daniela Goodwin. <sighs> yeah, dude. Hey, and even if it wasn't, chimed in Murphy. Andrew Marie Murphy. Thank you. <laughs> They both clinked glasses and took a gulp. Immediately, they felt like they got violently vacuumed out of the dive bar by their chairs. The world around them swirled as they found themselves on a big game show stage, each standing behind a podium, 
positioned at either end. Hot, bright lights beat down on them. Just as they got oriented, a loud voice boomed from in between them. Hello, everybody. I'm Ashley Sharma, and welcome to Freaks Who Stink. <laughs> Never forget our slogan. <laughs> Think it's just trivia? Think again. Oh. Whoa. Like a new take on trivia night? Yeah, dude. Whoa. This doesn't sound scary at all. This sounds like a fun time. Yeah, dude. Mm. Holy shit. Get ready. Holy mm. fucking shit. First, we have Daniela Goodwin, That's local me. numbnut. Give it up, Daniela. How <laughs> local you? numbnut. Hey, That's that the kind of nut he is. He's a numbnut. Hey, hey, I'm a numbnut. <laughs> Next, we have international stinker, Andrew Marie Murphy. Hey, Andrew oh, Marie you're Murphy. What can this. I say? Are you happy you're to be here today? Hey, I'm a freak. <laughs> and he sure does stink. Folks, <laughs> All right. it's going to be a doozy. Boys, yep. the rules are simple. Okay. Answer fast and answer right. Or else. Got it? The characters or Got like it. are you asking us? You guys. Okay. <clears throat> Question one. What is the first team to lose three straight NBA finals? The Washington Bullets. Um the Philadelphia seventies. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are both wrong. Oh. So that's zero points across the board. Who okay? was it? Who was Run, it? Check it. The, Run Knicks, it. the New York Knicks. Oh, wow. come on. Why do you even Knicks, fucking have dude? to? This is your New bullshit. York Knicks. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. This is bullshit. Wow. So far, up on the board of Freaks Who Stink, zero, zero. Fuck. <clears throat> Next question. If we could leave the Knicks out of it, that'd be great. What is the name of Hitler's manifesto? My God. Whoa. Eat, Whoa. pray, eat, pray, love. Dude, you got that really fast. Yeah, that was super <laughs> that was quick. Really dude. quick. Hey, what the? Hell? Do you? Are you like what reading it? Fuck? Yeah. Why did you think of that no, so no, quick? Come on, we all do you know wanna, that. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, like, dude. What's your why favorite? Do you, do you want to talk about? No. it? You couldn't even think of the name. No. You didn't even know. I he thought I was gonna. Know. You said eat, pray, love. Yeah. Yeah. He did a couple of those things. Oh my god, <laughs> you make me sick, Daniela Goodwin. Is it right? Yeah, that was right. So. <laughs> We got one point for a very sick man, and then zero for another very sick man. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't right. It wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry I didn't get the Hitler question. It wasn't like a, correct, dude. but that was the Folks, answer. Folks, it's time for question three. Question three is, is it legal for a man to marry his widow's sister? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I've done it. Before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and final answer, boys? Yes. The answer is no. What? Because if uh, it, she's a widow, he's dead. So, oh, so both fuck. wrong. I knew it was some bullshit oh, like that. Oh, come dude. on. That's a riddle. That's yeah, not a question. Yeah. That's, that's a not riddle. Trivia. What the fuck is this? This is yeah. freaks who stink, okay? Yeah. Oh, if and you our thought this was is, just trivia. If you thought this was just trivia, think again. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one's pretty easy. Okay. Mein Kampf. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you just are always saying. Ah, shit. My bad. Who has a lifetime ban from all preschools and <laughs> no. won the 2019 no. funniest no. person in Austin contest? No. Andrew Murphy. No. No. And hey, I'm performing at a preschool this weekend. So okay, tell wow. me I'm banned. How the can ban I be banned? Is if the ban lifted? Yeah, it's not been lifted. It was never set down. Oh, you got to set it right. down to lift it. Okay. And I did win the funniest yeah. person in Austin in 2019. Okay. That's well, it just seems absolutely. like the question wouldn't be wrong. They fact check these. Wow. Okay. Who sink? No. I love kids. <laughs> uh, yeah. We yeah. Know. Okay. We All right. That's moving along. the problem, buddy. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I missed the Hitler questions. <laughs> no, we don't know why he. We don't know why he got banned. It could be from anything. Like he right, could have been. He could have been touching the kids or something. Oh right. <laughs> Go ahead. We don't want to assume though. I got banned when I was in preschool for fucking fighting too much. <laughs> you got. That's what I got banned from preschool when I was still a preschooler from fucking fighting too much. Sorry, I don't like to talk about it. Anyways, yeah. okay. So now we're two zero mm -hmm. here on freaks who stink. Freaks who stink. Um, but we don't want to. We don't want to make it hopeless, okay? Right. So this next question, you say got it, and you answer as many of these as you can get, and you'll get a point for each one. So, Murphy, you could get a comeback, okay? Mm-hmm. And to be clear, this is freaks who stink, This correct? is freaks 
freaks who stink. Okay. And if and if you guys keep progressing the way you are, it might be freaks who reek. Uh, <laughs> you guys are yeah. smelling wow. worse. You guys are smelling worse by the. Oh, by you really the have that one sitting in the holster, huh? Hey, at least I had something sitting in my holster. Okay. Okay. Which six films are the only horror movies to ever compete for an Oscar? Wait, which six films? I don't understand the question. Best, best picture. It just says ever compete for an Oscar. That's probably which a lot. six films? What do you mean? Like, a, are they in the same franchise together, or like? No, no, and any only horror any movie. horror movie that's ever competed for an Oscar. Oh, uh, The Exorcist, Exorcist Silence of the Lambs. Uh, he started first. The Exorcist, Silence of the Lambs. Um, yeah, Get Out. Uh, let's see. Can oh, I, we can I jump in? So, no, no, hold if, on. Okay, wait. You it's got three. called building Whoever a gets moment. The next one. He's got three. You've got two. Whoever gets the next one, come on. Um. Oh, fuck my ass. Yeah, what psycho. Is this? No. Uh, the birds. No. Uh, no, oh my God, shit, Night dude. of the Living Dead. Nope. No, it's definitely not that. It's um, definitely not there's that. One of okay, these well, thanks, dude. Yeah, you want to maybe contribute something? Anyone can tear something I, down. I'm going to give you guys ten more seconds. Okay, let's right see. Right now, Murphy's at three. Danny has two points. Danny, this is your chance. Hellraiser. No, ten. Nine. Halloween. Schindler's List was pretty scary. Eight. Nope. Okay. Seven. Um, six. Forrest five. Gump. Four. Uh, God. Night of the, the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Friday the 13th. One. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. The answers were The Exorcist, Jaws, Silence of the Lambs, <sighs> The Sixth Sense, Jaws. Black Swan. Probably for music. Black Swan's not. No, no, no. I'm thinking Jaws. Is Jaws a horror movie? I've yes, never is. thought of it as a horror movie. I'm with you. It's a monster movie, if anything. Okay, well, the Oscars seem to think that it was a horror Black movie. Black Swan is a psychological yeah. thriller. Yeah, yeah. The Exorcist is fucking scary, though. That is a scary movie. Ashley led the boys up to two podiums while they counted the votes. After much anticipation, Ashley said, Congratulations, Murphy. You win. Oh. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean much around here. Bring in the Bobcats. (laughs) A cage dropped on the podium and four Bobcats appeared out of nowhere. They ate Danny Goodwin and Andrew Marie Murphy's dicks off. Let's go Texas State. This only took about hey, go Bobcats. This only took about two seconds as it was a very, very, really small meal. It was such a little meal for them. No, I'm, I'm sure a couple of them probably choked to death, huh? Yeah, took, no, yeah, yeah. No, a little died. tiny. They meal. probably got something lodged in yeah, there. They yeah. said it was like an after. Uh, it was like eating a grain of rice, like um, an Andy's mint. From well, this, like a big one, you know? This, yeah, Andy's mints are tiny. They fit inside of menus. A bunch of them, though. <laughs> From the safety of outside the cage, Ashley said, Folks, I am Ashley Sharma, and this has been Freaks Who Stink. And remember, if you think it's just trivia, think again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Well, here we go. We'll start the story. Uh, Dom O'Sullivan, that's the character's name. Dom O'Sullivan. Dom O'Sullivan stood in his modest country home at the quiet hour of 5 a.m., and... It's autumn time, beautiful outside. And uh, on his dining room table laid a uh, assemblage of uh, different hunting gear, you know. So he he takes out uh, a little list with a little pen, you know, a little just starts doing some inventory, you know. Hunter's license, deer tags, tree stand, check, 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 you know. Trail tape, headlamp, binoculars, check, 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 right? Ammo. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, plenty of ammo. What the hell noise was that? <laughs> well, those inward burps. I oh, think okay. it's the almond butter. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. It's completely involuntary. Anyways, there's still a few things left this on this inventory. This is a big part of the story. All right, he keeps going through the stuff. Uh, knife sharpener. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I got a knife sharpener. These knives are going to be pretty, pretty sharp, you know? 1,000 millimeter laser scope range finder. Mm, got, got a, yeah, you know, thousand millimeter laser scope rangefinder. Mm. It's uh, you know, perfect for vertical or horizon targeting. Um, this is just off the top of my head. I'd have to actually no, pull we, it up right now. Uh, look, this this baby can see up to five thousand yards on a bad day. Okay, <laughs> if you know what you're doing with this thing, you can you can take down everything but the kitchen sink. You know what I mean? So yeah, check on that on the rangefinder. Let's see what else. Uh, <laughs> full flask of whiskey. <laughs> Add that extra layer of warmth out there, you know? And then on the on the flask, it says cat scratch fever, <laughs> written in lightning bolts. <laughs> you know, fuck it. He takes a little swig, you know, to get going. 
Finally, the bell of the ball. The holy fucking grail, <laughs> baby. Dom picks up his long, sleek, 250 caliber Henry Lever hunting rifle. Gives a little kiss. Oh, no. Do you guys want to hear that again? No. Yeah, he more. goes back for seconds. He goes, you just got to <laughs> Let me try and make that noise again. Yeah, see if you can replicate it. No, oh, man. All right. Didn't do it. It's just a burp. This is horrifying already. Why did I join a podcast? Yeah, no, no. It's only going to get worse from here. Uh, it's hunting j- rifle. Yeah. So anyways, he gets to the end of this checklist. Can we get through the checklist? We still got uh-huh. a hunting trip to get to, okay? Yes. Sees one unchecked box. Right next to it says, fucks to give. <laughs> I like this guy. And he says, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Afraid I can't check every box this morning. <laughs> Crumples up the paper, throws it behind him, takes an extra swig of the witch's brew, and hits the road. The Buck Hunter. Written and executive produced by Andrew Murphy. Directed and co-penned by David Cronenberg. Yeah. We're back on good terms. I talked ill of him recently on on an episode. Yeah, I remember that. that. This is our, our, like, reunion, you know? And it's sponsored by PETA as well. Keep that. Okay. PETA, huh? Yeah, PETA. Not not Lois Griffin saying her husband's name, but the <laughs> yeah. company that is mad about animals. That's what they're mad yeah. about. All right, so uh, animals. <laughs> My money's been going to the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> You've been sending it to those porn sites that you click on on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta stop giving them money, man. All right, so four hours and two thirds of his flask later. Whoa. And that red morning skies turned full blue, and in a way, so is Dom. Wow. It's been a slow morning, you know. Nary a buck, nor doe, nor duck has come across his way. <laughs> and he's getting antsy. He sits there in his deer blind. He contemplates moving locations. He goes, yeah, give it some time, you know. It's buck hunting season, right? You get used to the downtime when you're hunting bucks. It's a part of the vocation. For every kill, there's a lull, you know, and you got to get used to the lulls. Learn to love them, you know. <laughs> Only problem with those lulls are the... The thoughts, right? The dark ones, you know. Oh yeah. Yep. The thoughts that only come creeping along when they see that you're vulnerable, mm-hmm. alone. Takes a swig of the old devil's gasoline and <laughs> starts to think of his ex-wife, Carlita. What a good life they had. A house, a yard, a hound dog, and a truck. I mean, what else does she want? <laughs> what else does she? Too bad she decided to throw it all away for a Dominican personal trainer. <laughs> 15 years his junior <laughs> on his mother's birthday no less he'd never be able to think of his sweet ma turning 80 without chasing it with the thought of his ex-wife and her derelict whoring <laughs> I love her I pulled out Queen. the thesaurus for this one <laughs> slay <laughs> that was so slay starts thinking man you know what fuck her he takes another <laughs> swig of his fast you know, when I get service I'm calling her I'm gonna. I'm telling her what I really think, and then I'm gonna. And before he can finish that thought, it appears a buck, the likes of which he's never seen. He goes, "You're a beaut." He cocks his gun. You'd look even better on my garage floor. Time to kill. <laughs> Danny's always saying that. But before he can pull the trigger in the distance, strangest noise. <laughs> Dom was almost positive he was alone out here, siloed from any civilization for about 20 miles. But sure enough, is, is that someone crying? Is this... <laughs> then he listens closer and it dawns on him. It's not someone crying. It's someone laughing. This isn't an inviting laugh. It's, uh, it's hushed. It's manic. Sinister. <laughs> <laughs> he, he shakes his head to clear his mind. Yeah, maybe he's a little too tipsy for this kind of solitude. <laughs> Let's get back to the uh, the sport here. And he looks forward again. He raises his rifle to shoot, but he can't pull the trigger because replacing the buck was something that sent his heart into his stomach. In the same spot that it was, in a crawling position, not moving, was none other than Nancy O'Sullivan. His beautiful mother, rest her soul. She's wearing that same old blue Sunday dress she'd always wear for special occasions. 
staring directly at him, just like dead-eyed. He goes, Mama? She continues to stare directly at him. Mama? That that you? It's Dom. As soon as he says his name, a sludge of blood volcanoes out of her mouth. Just starts shooting out. She doesn't change her expression. She's still just staring at him. And he just watches it happen. And as soon as the last drip of blood trickles out, she hits the ground. Falls over. He can't even move. This can't be real. All of a sudden, (laughs) there it was again. He goes, hey! And he cocks his gun a second time. Because you you can only do it the once, but for drama, for dramatic purposes, right. he uncocks it and then does it again. <laughs> he goes, "Hey, I don't know the motherfucker who's doing this, <laughs> but if I find out, I'm shooting first, asking questions. <laughs> Where the fuck are you?" <laughs> Before he gets an answer, he hears more rustling ahead of him around the same spot his mother was, and he goes, "Could it be his mother resurging back to life?" He looks ahead and he sees something entirely different, but no less chilling. In the same crawling position, staring beyond Dom's deer blind and towards the dirt road, was Carlita, his ex-wife. Jesus fucking Christ on a tire swing, he says (laughs) under his breath. (laughs) That's it. What an image. In an instant, he raises the gun, sets the scope, and cocks the rifle. And then he goes, whoa, whoa, let's calm down. I kill my ex-wife. That's crazy. Sorry. <laughs> he, he collects his thoughts, you know. Um, but then he, he realizes he doesn't have any. Like, his brain is kind of empty. He's trying to think of the reason he had a grievance against his ex, but he can't recall the circumstances. And, and then what about the thing that happened before, a couple minutes ago, with the... Who the... I know it was completely fucked, but... He can't recall anything. (laughs) The laughter was becoming louder, is more unhinged. Didn't even sound human. And he hears another rustling, looks up. Carlita is crawling past his blind at an incredibly quick pace. Dom has never seen anyone crawl like that. So fast it was inhuman. He takes another swig of the old liquid hallelujah and rises to his feet. (laughs) Exits the blind. Looks around for Carlita's whereabouts. Before he could find her, he hears another noise in the distance. You guys know it's a car. I don't. I feel like I don't have my car. Noise. Phone vibrate. Sounded like McConaughey Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I gotta work on my motor sounds. Sounded like black skinhead. It's a. It's a. It's Kanye doing the closing of Runaway. It's a large vehicle approaching. He looks at the road. Oh shit! Kneeling dead center on that dirt road was Carlita. Goes, hey, hey. He starts to jog towards her. The vehicle gets closer. It's coming around the corner. He tries calling for her attention again, but he realizes he can't think of the name. What's her damn name? Clara? Carly? Before he could think of it, he looks up, and that unmarked Jeep comes barreling towards her. It flashes its beams a couple times to give her a warning, but it doesn't matter. It pummels into her body. Her head decapitates from her body, but he doesn't see where it went. He looks up, that thing is just coming down. It's about to hit him. He ducks, right? Hits the ground, bounces a little bit. He picks it up, disgusted. And he looks at her expression. She's got this lifeless, expressionless face. He's never seen her make that face before. There's just a tinge of panic behind the eyes, but no, this was something else. And from behind him, ha, <laughs> That's it. That's the last fucking straw. He didn't know what prank show he was on, but he's in, he's putting an end to this sick, cruel joke. He starts walking around in search of the laughter. He's getting closer and closer. He could feel it. And then he see then and then he saw it. And it was a orb? No, it was like more alive. It was like this glowing, pulsating thing floating around. It's shifting, it's moving, occasionally sparking. Every time the giggles happen, it would light up in different areas. <laughs> and uh, he's just hypnotized it by it, right? He feels himself 
slowly moving forward, going towards it. In his head, that's the only choice. He needs to touch this thing. Just as he raises his hand to touch it, a full-grown buck comes charging past him, brushing him as it goes forward. It leaps into the orb, gets sucked into it, disappears. Now he goes, I have to know what this is. I have to go in there. So he picks up the pace, he walks towards the orb, and in an instant, sorry, forgot how to snap. In an instant, he felt the most intense heat he'd ever experienced. His vision is blurred, he can't really see anything. And then he's in a new, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And unlike some people, most people find that horrifying. Um, but now he's in a different place. And his vision starts to come back into focus. He's in a living room. He's on the floor. He's drooling. He feels this intense stabbing pain in his joints. But he lacks the ability to scream out. He, t- he attempts to get to his feet, and then he realizes that his arms and legs had been cracked and disjointed. His elbows bent inwards, and his knees bent out. But they weren't broken. Someone or something had reshaped him. He looks around the room. It's familiar. There's a 50s uh, classic oldies radio playing in the background. On the floor was a smashed, trampled cake. He could barely make out the frosted lettering, but then he reads it. Happy 80th birthday, Nancy. He, he knew this place. But before he could come to the conclusion, <laughs> this time directly above him, he knew that if he turned around to face upward, he would see what it was, and he knew he did not want to see what it was. But now it started multiplying. Other organisms were joining the one above him, all giggling. He had to do it. He turns to his back, and he looks up. Above him were four bucks standing on their hind legs in perfect composure. Their eyes were recognizable, normal buck eyes, but their mouths were large and wide and laughing in a way that almost stopped Dom's heart cold. It was terrifying. They stood still, but their bodies were still somehow moving, like they were gyrating. You know when a picture is like blurry and it kind of multiplies a little bit and then it comes into focus? Their bodies were doing that. So they're standing still, but they're somehow swaying and dancing at the same time. And then that's fucking cackling. That's when the leader of the pack pulls out the sleekest, brassiest rifle Dom had ever seen. He aims it at Dom's temple and leans down and speaks. Bye, bye, bitch. The last thing Dom heard was that haunted chorus of laughter, and just as soon as buck hunting season began, it ended for good. The end. Wow. Anyways. That was very good. I I don't know if you remember um, the format of the show, but I... I have a spooky story for you guys today. Uh, a bit of a bit of a cautionary tale that I wrote before coming here. And, um, <laughs> would you guys um, would you guys like to hear it tonight? <laughs> um, and I must say, this is not based on anyone. Okay, that's good. Not, That'd be illegal, I think. No, I don't think you can do that. It's yeah, not based on that. anyone. So this has to be. Um, it's its own thing. It's not based you saying that makes me think it kind of might be based it's on It's not something. based on anybody. It's weird because I don't feel like it's going to be based on me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little nervous it might be based on me. Let me tell nah, you. I don't think so. Let me, tell okay. you, let me tell you, Andrew Murphy, this story is not about you. All right. Why did you say my full name like uh, that? Can All we right. get the music playing? Uh, the right. spooky music? I don't love this already. Okay. I'm going to take the glasses off just so people can see. I'm a nice guy, right? The meanness is in your I've eyes, never, not in the glasses. Never murdered anyone. This is a cautionary tale about no one in particular. Okay. Andrew Marie Murphy Why? was a local. He sounds Andrew not Marie funny. Murphy was a local comedian from upstate New York. Oh, shut oh, the fuck that way, up! That's where you're from, dude. Don't even. Oh wait, what? Oh shit! Uh, what a yeah. coincidence! Although it had been years since he'd lived in the Empire State, those harsh winters engraved a blue collar hard-working mentality into everything he did. Oh, yeah, that can't be So far, checks out. That can't be you. Checks out. That can't be you. He'd write 10 new jokes a day. (laughs) It's not about you, bro. (laughs) Got 
got to six open mics a night, bed by midnight, wake up, start the whole thing over again. While this life had its fun, it also became tiresome. The idea of making drunk assholes giggle every night. What the hell, dude? For the rest of his life. I think life. these are good. These are <laughs> drunk saints, you know? Just didn't bring the same excitement that it once did. His hair was starting to turn gray. Shut the fuck. And his, and his bush even grayer. You don't have to show us. I think us. the lighting, the us. lighting kind of. You don't have to show us, dude. We don't want to see. The carpets don't match the drips. <laughs> Or vice versa. No one would ever care about All right. That. One, one night, he was doing the weekly open mic at the Krusty Eyelid. <laughs> this was Sicko's night, and the grossest, nastiest comics were coming with their dirtiest punchlines. Why'd you say coming like that? That was weird. Working blue wasn't Murphy's forte, but stage time was stage time. And he had a joke about penguins the world needed to hear. Coming up to the stage, you're going to love this guy. He's a real fucking freak. Everybody give it up for Andrew Marie Murphy. The crowd mildly clapped. <laughs> as, as Murphy approached the microphone, he cleared his throat. Hey, Krusty Eyelid, how are you? So, you guys know penguins? You think they're pissed they can't fly? It's like, oh, sweet, I'm a bird who can't fly. I guess I'll just fucking swim. That joke has legs, dude. Not a single person laughed. All right. One guy... Checks out. One guy whispered, process. did he ask if we've heard of penguins? <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got off stage to a deafening silence, and that bar closed about a month later. A deafening silence? Yeah. Can we get Danny's mic is loud? Can we turn it Alone in his apartment, Murphy raged. Gah! He yelled. I want this life to mean something. When all of a sudden, <laughs> a cloud started to form at his feet. He looked around, trying to find the source of this mystic fog. In a flash, a ghost appeared before his very eyes. Chains rattled around his neck as his head rolled from one shoulder to the other. He was in a full powder blue suit and had an old timey microphone covered in grime. Ugh. Ah, who the hell are you? Yelled Murphy. Sounds just like you. I'm the ghost of Rootin' Tootin' Andy, belched the apparition. Who the hell is Rootin' Tootin' Andy? Asked Murphy. How dare you question me, said the ghost. I was a comedian, famous for my appearances on the Merv Griffin Show, and hee-haw. I hear... Those shows were like in the 50s, dude. It's a ghost. You think I'm 80 years ghost. old? That's it's a not ghost, you. man. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I hear this life just ain't treating you story. fair, son. You can say that again, replied Murphy. What if I told you there was a way out of this rut, said the ghost, for a shot at real glory? I'll do anything at this point, said Murphy. Here's what you need to do. At the start of every set, state your name and then use this key phrase. What is it, said Murphy on the edge of his seat. I wasn't on the edge of my seat. Say, <laughs> my name's Andrew Marie Murphy. Better a hole in your ass than a hole in your head. You're always saying that, dude. <laughs> old adage from the 1900s. <laughs> what? Murphy said. I said better a hole in your ass than a hole in your head. I heard you the first time, Murphy said. Will that really work? Son, the ghost said, what's working for you now? The ghost disappeared. Murphy stood there speechless. He went to his bedroom, quivering with fear and didn't turn his lamp off until dawn. That evening, he had a show booked at the Rhino Cabaret. Looking over his set list, he wrote a little note to himself. Try the whole line. The show was packed. Why would I need to write a note to remember that? Murphy, That's one. Okay. Nervously, ghost was a couple minutes yeah, ago. Okay. Murphy nervously waited in the wings. Put your hands together for Andrew Marie Murphy. Murphy walked to the mic, sweating bullets. 
He looked at the crowd, took a huge gulp of air, and stepped up to the microphone. My name's Andrew Marie Murphy, and better a hole in your ass than a hole in your head. I, I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of true. But all right, fine. Go. Time stopped. The energy of the crowd palpably shifted as Andrew performed his jokes with a level of grace that would make a ballet dancer blush. He had the <laughs> crowd in the palm of his hand in what was surely the greatest set of his career. The applause break was so long, they had to cancel the rest of the show. Just a Tuesday for me. Just, just like that, he was off. Show after show, Murphy could not stop crushing. He sold out clubs, theaters, arenas, starting off every show with the words, Better, better a hole in your ass than, than a, a hole in, in your, your head. head. This run with success culminated in an appearance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Murphy always loved Fallon ever since his appearance in films such as Taxi and Fever Pitch. All right, a, you, you don't love, have to name the movies. Dude, we all know Fever who Pitch. Jimmy Fallon is. You're a, you he love knew, Fever Pitch, dude. He knew this set was going to be special. So special, he figured he'd try something new. Waiting backstage in his powdered blue suit, Murphy could hear Fallon's intro through the curtain. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the one, the only, Andrew Marie Murphy, belted Fallon. Murphy walked out, smirking, knowing a crush was on the way. He inhaled, raised both hands, and shouted, I'm Andrew Marie Murphy. Who's ready to have a good time tonight? Crickets. <laughs> yeah, you the know audience, how you start comedy sets. <laughs> the audience didn't make a peep. Okay. Murphy paused. Ahem. I said, who's ready to have a good time tonight? Nothing. One guy from the back yelled, I think I've seen that guy's penguin joke. It fucking sucks. Yo! But for real, like, who remembers penguins? <laughs> right right then, right then, a light fixture wobbled over Murphy's head. <laughs> He looked up as the spotlight crashed to the ground, crushing Murphy and leaving him dead in a pool of his own blood. <laughs> Yeesh, said Fallon. Don't quit your day job. The crowd erupted with laughter. Band leader Questlove got up, hawked a loogie, and spat on Murphy. Yo, I love oh, Questlove. Dude. I love that guy. Questlove hates you, Question dude. mark S love. The crowd <laughs> applauded, and in the midst of the chaos, a cackle could be heard that could only be described as rootin' and tootin'. Ooh. The end. Okay, time to vote someone off. Uh, so how we do this... <laughs> All right, give it up for Danny, everyone. Pretty fucking Crazy story it. about Andrew Marie Murphy. I mean, it was just a, you know, a fictional character. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. And done said Todd Birkenstock happily as he clocked out. A warm feeling of relief spread through his chest. He was off for a week and heading home for Thanksgiving. As he walked out of work, he felt giddy, like a kid leaving school on the last day before break. No stress, no responsibilities, just quality time with his family. Watching basketball with his brothers, chasing his little nieces and nephews around the yard, loitering in the kitchen to get a sneaky bite of his mom's homemade dinner. Being 27 was lonely sometimes. Work was kicking Todd's ass, and he was a single guy living in a city that still felt unfamiliar to him. He was craving the comfort of being home. Todd stopped at his house, fixed himself a sandwich, and checked his watch. 20 minutes before he had to leave for the airport. He felt a tiny flutter in his stomach. He was a nervous flyer. Fuck it, he thought to himself. I'm on vacation. He went to his bedroom and popped open his sock drawer. The musky scent of weed filled the room. Nice. As he rifled through the drawer, he found his usual stash had run dry. Shit, he thought to himself. I could really use something to calm me down. Suddenly, a tiny plastic baggie seemingly appeared from nowhere. It was labeled the Grim Reefer and had the perfect amount of weed for a little pre-airport sesh. 
It must be my lucky day, Todd said to himself as he loaded a bowl. Ten or twenty, uh, no, definitely like ten minutes passed and Todd was blasted. That Grim Reaper stuff was no joke. He felt like he was floating six inches above the ground. It was pleasant. Or was it? He tried to self-assess. All he knew for sure was that his heart was pounding. He picked up the tiny plastic bag again. The Grim Reefer. He flipped it over in his palm. You'll wish you were dead was written in dripping green letters on the back. That's a strange slogan, he pondered. Isn't that the phrase people usually say about comedian Andrew Murphy's stand-up? Okay. Saw that coming across the pond. Suddenly, Todd felt a cool breeze on his neck. Then again, and again, and again. It felt like breathing? Todd whipped around and was horrified to see the tail of a black cape disappear into his hallway. Todd followed it and saw... Nothing. (laughs) He laughed to himself. Man, he got way too high. He glanced at his watch. Shit, he was late. He ran out the door, thanking God he had packed his bags the night before. Todd became increasingly uneasy. He felt that cool breath on his neck constantly and found himself glancing behind himself every few seconds. Every long black coat and dangling scarf at the airport was making him jump. The worst was his heart. It was pounding in his ears. He felt like he had lain his cheek on a door while someone banged on the other side. It was so loud that the bustling airport seemed quiet in comparison. He just needed to get home to his family. Home would make him feel better. Determined, Todd made it through security with time to spare. Food. He needed food. He grabbed himself some Chinese and scarfed it down at his gate. To his relief, he felt better. With each bite, the breath on his neck felt less noticeable. His heartbeat settled into a dull thump. He was over the worst of it. He happily unwrapped his fortune cookie and cracked it open. It said, You'll wish you were dead. He froze and a chill went over his body. Wasn't that the phrase on the weed bag? Now boarding flight 666 to Townsville. Todd shook his head. Home. I just need to get home to see my family. He crumpled his trash and boarded the plane. He found a seat and immediately fell asleep. He woke up mid-flight, feeling woozy. Despite the loud hum of the plane, his heartbeat still thumped in his ears. He needed to distract himself. He grabbed the air travel manual from the seat in front of him and stared at it. The little pictures of planes soothed him until he read the words. Instead of safety instructions, every line said, You'll wish you were dead. 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 Todd couldn't believe his eyes. He turned to the person sitting next to him, a man with a black hoodie on. Dude, check this out. The hooded man turned to face him, and Todd was shocked to see that instead of eyes, he had deep black holes. Todd blacked out. He was shaken awake by a friendly flight attendant. He was the only person left on the plane. Sir, we've landed. You need to exit the plane. He scrambled to grab his things. Of course, I'm sorry. Thank you, he said as he shuffled up the aisle. Thanks for flying Delta, and remember, you'll wish you were dead. Todd glanced behind him, just in time to see the attendant's eyes go black. The heartbeat got louder. He broke out into a run. He didn't know what was happening, but he knew he simply needed to get home. With every step he took, the cool breathing on his neck got colder, and the heartbeat thumped louder. The murmurs of the airport all sounded like, you'll wish you were dead, in sharp whispers. Todd didn't flinch. He wasn't scared. He knew once he got home, sitting on his couch with his family around him, he would be okay. He kept his eyes down as he claimed his bag and hailed a cab. Home. 
he chanted to himself. He could drown out this noise. Home, 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 home. Finally, he arrived. Thank you, and you'll wish you were dead, said the cab driver with a black hood and no eyes. As Todd hopped out, Todd barely noticed. There it was, his childhood home. It was perfect, untouched, glowing. The cold whispers stopped. His heartbeat quieted. He rang the doorbell, and his mother answered with a smile. Eyes bright. Welcome home, Todd, she said, and enveloped him in a warm hug. He melted. He made it. He spent the day just as he planned, watching basketball with his brothers, chasing his little nieces and nephews around the yard, loitering in the kitchen to get a sneaky bite of his mom's homemade dinner. No heartbeat, no cold breath, no black eyes. It was just some bad weed. It was okay. It was home. Just as they settled down for dinner, all 15 faces smiling around the table, there was a knock at the door. Todd felt his heart sink. His brother answered and stepped aside. There he was. The hooded man with black eyes and a long scythe in his hand. The Grim Reaper. He spoke in a low voice, almost sounding sorry. Are you Todd Birkenstock? Todd nodded. Yes. Come outside. His family, anxious, not understanding, began to protest, but Todd shushed them. This felt inevitable. If it was his time to go, so be it. He spent his last moments with his family. He was at peace. He walked to the door and faced the Grim Reaper, ready for what was to come. The Grim Reaper smiled softly and stepped in the door. Todd, can you do me a favor? Yes. The Grim Reaper grabbed Todd and threw him out of the house, slamming the door behind him. Lock your door on the way out. Todd grasped at the knob, but it was already locked. As he banged on the door and listened to the screams of his family, he had only one thought. I wish I were dead. The end. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I have a scary story if we can yes, let's if go. we can let me cook a little bit here. Yeah. Woo. He definitely okay. had a concussion, Josh. You were right. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> um That's the best case for you. All right, this is like a true story. <clears throat> Happened to a couple buddies of mine. Couple muddy buddies? Couple muddy yeah, buddies back yeah. home. You got a couple uh, muddy buddies back couple home. Couple chucharones. Yes. You can tell that all of us just look at this cumber party Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little little throwback to an episode of sorts. Okay. Uh, it was a balmy August night in St. Louis. Um, I'm not reading, but this is like a story. A story my buddies told me. Uh, oh. <clears throat> a couple of buddies of mine were uh, they were walking around an empty Bush Stadium, home of the St. Louis Cardinals. My buddy Nikki, like Nick Slaberoni, Nikki Slaberoni, oh. <laughs> and my other friend Donnie, Donnie Dudwin, the only inhabitants of the entire stadium. They won a a Bush Light sweepstakes. Okay, so they got full access it's the to first the stadium. Time they've ever gone Bush. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Or access. That's where you it know goes. What I mean? At Bush Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Probably the last time too. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> Basically, they want a sweepstakes to get to hang out in the stadium for a night. Plus, they get as much bush as chicken while they were there. My buddy Nicky turns to my bud Donnie, and he he goes, Yeah, they told me I could bring up to ten people, but I only brought one so we could get more chicken. Called a sweepstakes cheapskate. <laughs> Called a sweepstakes cheapskate. <laughs> he goes, Yeah, they told me I could bring up to ten people, but I only brought one so we could get more chicken. Called a sweepstakes cheapskate. Okay, and they laugh for about, I, I swear to God, hand to God, hour and 20 minutes, they laugh. Um, it's like I can almost hear it, Yeah, the undeserved laughter. They were the only ones in the stadium, but it was still somehow disruptive to yeah, other people's no, it, conversations. I believe you. Um, 
Suddenly, all the lights in the stadium, they go out. Total blackness. They tried not to panic. All of a sudden, the summer night went from 85 degrees to 15. Nice. My buddies were shivering, whimpering, peeing their pants, crying, pissing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Nick was fine, but... Should I I out you? (laughs) Slabberoni was good. He had a big enough ass that he could withstand harsh temperatures for longer periods of time. Yeah. That's how but I Donnie do so well was in the summers. <laughs> he ever in in his little New Balances. I feel like one of the you never said this, but I feel like one of them was wearing shorts that were too tight. One of them was wearing shorts that are too yeah, big. Yeah, one of them was wearing like a tuxedo T-shirt and a neon green hat. Just picture these guys. These are real people, <laughs> real human beings. All of a sudden, uh, Nick speaks up and uh, he goes, uh, hello, 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 anyone there, there, there? We don't want any trouble, trouble. Ah, your lackluster puns won't save you now. Damn. <laughs> that man carried you into bed. Yeah. <laughs> what, who are you talking No, this is a different guy. This is Nikki Slaberoni. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Donnie responds, oh, yo, I just pissed and I'm scared. <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew what Danny did this weekend in Houston after, after featuring at the ride and then going back to his hotel and falling asleep in his jeans. If only you knew what happened. Oh, what? Okay, hey, little post story, maybe. <laughs> little piss story, if you will. <laughs> the ominous voice responded, never fear if you want to escape. There's something I'll need from you in return. You must sing the perfect song. Suddenly a spotlight opened up on center field. There was no creepy old man standing in the center. Instead, there was a little stage. And in the corner of that stage, ever so small, was a shiny, tiny karaoke machine. (laughs) Josh queuing up a song. Josh, it looks like he's queuing up a song. Folks, this is the Karaoke Killer, part two of a 12-part series. <laughs> Nicky saw the stage. He cracks his knuckles. demolishes. Uh, he demolished an entire hot dog and just went up there. <laughs> All right. There we go. Yeah. You turn it up a little bit. I was so high, I did not recognize the fire burning in her eyes. The chaos that controlled my mind. Whispered goodbye as she got on a plane Never to return again But always in my heart Oh, this love has taken its toll on me She said goodbye too many times before And her heart is breaking in front of me And I have no choice Cause I won't say goodbye anymore. Danny pissing his pants and he's saying, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I forgot it doesn't say that there. Whoa is right. <laughs> Folks, I tried my best to feed her appetite. Keep her coming every night. So hard to keep her satisfied. This Murphy is about you, Danny. That line. Oh, <laughs> no, it was just a game. Pretend you can see. Oh, wait, you guys are, okay. Oh, this love has taken its toll on me. She said goodbye too many times before. And her heart is breaking in front of me. And I have no choice because I won't say goodbye anymore. This has got to be terrible for the listeners. Nikki looked into the crowd and noticed. What? Oh, no, you can keep playing. I'll just, during the bridge. Oh. oh. No, wait. Broken, broken wings. wings. Repair <laughs> your broken wings. And make sure everything's all right. It's all right. It's mm-hmm. all right. Yes. My pressure on your hips. Oh. Sink in my fingertips. Every inch of you. Because I know that's what you want me to do. This love has taken its toll on me. She said goodbye too many times before. And this heart is breaking in front of me. And I have no choice, cause I won't say goodbye anymore. 
This love has taken its toll on me. She said goodbye too many times before. Many times before. So long. Her heart is breaking in front of me. And I have no choice. Cause I won't say goodbye anymore. Man. Uh, uh. Danny, we knew all the words yeah. of that one. Yeah. God, what a great fucking song. We did Woo. not know that. I love Hand in said. My Pocket, but that really is. Yeah, we knew every yeah. word. We didn't know a single word of Hand in My Pocket, which is an incredible... This wow. is for people who like to party. Right. You know? Yeah. This ain't for, like, the the hipsters. Okay? What does Nikki notice, though? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, when right. the song ended, the lights in the stadium came back on. The temperature got back <laughs> to a balmy 85 degrees. He looked at the field, <laughs> and that field was no longer green. <laughs> it was blood red. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Five unknown victims had been stabbed in the heart with a stake. Five, wait. Fuck. Wait. On oh, each wait. of their backs. Maroon? The number five was written in their own <laughs> maroon, maroon blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I was doing the math so hard there to try to figure yeah, out yeah. incorporate. You said, call that a full maroon. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Scumber Party.